Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier. I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good evening to you, sir. Hey, how are you, Scott? Awesome. 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 Uh, excited about today's topic. We're going to talk about uh, a very common um, diet recommendation that is made uh, in today's world. Um, and some of the statistics that we are going to go over were quite shocking. Um, but before we dive into that, wanted to make the announcement um, that we have lost our minds and <laughs> we have listened to the feedback from all of you. Uh, shout out to you guys who are dedicated listeners week to week, you guys who are sending in questions, letting us know that, you know, this podcast and fasting and our message has resonated with you. So we're very grateful for each and every one of you. Yeah. And before the end of the year, um, we decided that we're going to do one more 10 day fasting ramp up challenge from December 3rd to December 12th. Uh, we had a waiting list on the last one and I am extremely excited about it. Like I can't wait to do it again. Cause the last one was so much fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was super high impact. Um, just more energy and momentum than we could have even predicted. Um, and, and that's, that's why we felt like, you know, we really needed to, to get another one of these in before the end of the year, give everyone opportunity for holidays coming up and kind of get a jump on, on next year. You know, we kind of started this year with a new year's resolution, February, um, challenge and and that's kind of where the challenge is anti-new year's resolutions we don't yeah get out of here yeah we you know so we we thought let's let's get a jump on that let's let's prevent that before it even becomes a thought for any of us um and get the momentum started in 2020 not that we're anti-self-improvement but just read some stats on new year's resolutions like i mean come on they don't work so Right. Um, I really like what you said to me earlier was the energy plus education is just unstoppable momentum. And that's kind of what we found in the last um, in the last challenge was just the energy plus the content plus the information we we're going over in that 10 day period. Just the results were incredible. And a lot of the momentum has continued for those people, too. So like you yeah. mentioned, the holidays are coming up um, and that this is a perfect transition into uh, our uh, conversation for today, which is going to be based around the low carb diet trend um, and why the stats don't show to be very promising outside of the three and six month mark. So if you've been following us for a while, you know that fasting has uh, you know, had a great impact on both of our lives. It's a huge part of our life and our story. Um, similar paths, not knowing each other, but ending up in a very similar place. And we've had a lot of feedback from people um, that, that resonate with that. So if you haven't heard our story, go back to the beginning, listen to the first couple episodes, give us a little grace. We didn't know what the heck we were doing with microphones and 
content and conversation and, but you know, we're, we're 40 something episodes in now. So I feel like we're doing a little bit better job, but, um, the, the low carb thing is if you, my point of bringing that up was if you've been with us for a while, you, you know, that we don't say eat this one way, right? Right. Right. We're not diehard carnivore, diehard keto, die, diehard low carb. Now there are certain times when we're going to recommend certain diets for certain individual populations or situations. Um, and low carb is something that we typically will re- recommend for rapid fat loss, right? And right. also for the population of blood sugar issues, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes treatment, reversal, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. today's topic is, is uh, I was a little surprised by the long-term numbers, but then when we really started thinking about it, we're like, oh, wait a minute. I lived that for years. <laughs> right seen that like at been seen, there yep seen people do it done it myself um and then the numbers start to make a little more sense um because i i think we all know probably most of us know somebody who's who's been down the very low carb camp um maybe to try to reverse diabetes or or maybe that's how they lost a lot of weight um especially if they weren't using fasting i i know a few people who've dropped 50 to hundred pounds, uh, using very low carbohydrate diets. Um, but not everybody maintains those results. And, and that's what the numbers point to as well. And we're talking about like basic kind of the basic numbers, the basic labs that you'll see. Um, you know, if you do have weight loss resistance or metabolic issues, thyroid issues, extra weight around the midsection, overweight, obesity level BMIs. We're talking about basic HbA1c, um, uh, cholesterol, HDL, LDL, total cholesterol, blood pressure, um, those types of things, body mass index, which are not all uh, encompassing by themselves, but pretty much give a good picture of overall health when combined together. So the main study was looking at the three-month mark, the six-month mark, the 12-month mark, and the 24-month mark uh, on the main um, blood sugar metric that's used, uh, which is the HbA1c. And the results were pretty uh, eye-opening. Yeah, you know, and they all look very promising um, when when you first start because, uh, like you alluded to before, there's a therapeutic reason why um, we often recommend a lower carbohydrate diet, um, but but also why different diets can can work in in different situations, um, and why you you don't have to follow a a completely very low carbohydrate diet or a keto diet or a carnivore, um, you know, in order to to lose the weight or to to get off the medications. Um, those those can be those things can be achieved um, with multiple diets, um, but. You know, for the very low carbohydrate diet, it does start off with with promising results, and and then tends to get a little bit more difficult to maintain um, as yeah. time goes on, right? And I want to talk more about that why we think that difficulty is, and this is just you know subjective, uh, objective data, personal data, right? <laughs> Observational yeah. type case study type data, but the um, Third, this this meta analysis was looking at 37 random controlled trials that evaluated the effects of a low carb diet at 12 weeks, and they defined low carb as 40%. So, when we look, think of low carb, when I think of keto, I think of like 20 to 25%. So their range right. was 26 to 40%, and very low carb was actually under 26%. Now there are some, 
you know, medical protocols out there um, that are above my pay grade uh, when it comes to, you know, doctor supervised, like zero carb, uh, you know, like restorative mm-hmm. type healing diets. Um, I think specifically in the realm of cancer. Um, but so we're not talking about the extremes. We're talking about a very moderate amount of 40%, you know, amount of carbohydrate for someone. And that's a diabetic. Um, typically those diets recommend anywhere, um, you know, between the 50 to 65%, right. Depending on where you're getting your diabetes diet recommendations from. So they're looking at 40% or less, which actually isn't very low in my opinion. Um, but it still had some, some pretty crazy results in terms of like the 12 and 24 month mark. Yeah. Um, so when, when we're talking about those percentages, they're going to vary from study to study. Um, Mm -hmm. and like you said, so the, the more therapeutic studies, um, usually recommending a a lower point, but when we're talking about a meta-analysis, basically that, that means they're, they're putting together results from a lot of different studies. Um, so there kind of has to be a, a defined range for that. So right. even in, even in the less restrictive camp, that, that, uh, 26 to 40 or 45% range, um, even there, it became difficult to, to kind of maintain that, um, over time here. Yeah. And so the cool thing was low carb diets immediately improved glycemic control in the short term. So the short term, the A1C plummeted, uh, very significant clinical results. Um, at three months, it was great, but at six and 12 months, it, it went from being okay to no change to pretty much a wash to actually increasing at the 24 month mark. Wow. Um, yeah, it kind of like, I just paused cause I'm like, well, wait a minute. What, why, if there was such good results in the short term, what could be some of the contributing factors that would, you know, cause it to in, to become worse, right at the 24 month mark? Yeah, what I thought was interesting was when when they start to go into the data and try to answer that question, like, why do the results start slipping over time? Um, they, they start looking at the actual physiology of it, because if they can actually control the diet, and the compliance to the diet, the, the results, the results don't suffer the, re, the results and the efficacy, it, it continues to work. So it's not a physiological issue. It, it's more a matter of lifestyle restriction, maintaining the compliance to it and, and actually just being able to, to live like that and live that lifestyle. That seems to be the struggle point. Yeah. And I think about this personally, like whenever I've done like a whole 30 challenge, right. Mm -hmm. Whole 30 is like no dairy. No, I don't even remember the specifics, but it's like no processed grains, no refined grains. Yeah. No, no sweeteners of any kind. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's great for 30 days, but I don't know many people that can live that way. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure they're out there, but so for me, when I look at this, and this really speaks to, I feel, I don't even like using the word diet, which we've used like probably 15 times this episode already. Um, but the low carb, uh, the, the, excuse me, the whole 30, um, you know, sticking to it, the adherence to it, or the adherence to any of the carbohydrate metrics that they use in these studies that they looked at, um, 
the adherence to it is, is the main problem, right? So this is really like outlining what we see in the weight loss industry in the weight loss world is you can get the 20 pounds off, right? When you got 40 to lose, or you can get the 30 pounds off when you got 50 to lose, or you can get the 30 pounds off when you got 40 or 30 for 30, you can actually get to your goal. But so many people come to us and say, yeah, and it came right back on. Right. Because the sustainability of removing all of the things that we probably shouldn't love as much as we do, all those sweetened, artificially satiating, you know, genetically Mm -hmm. created, wonderfully like textured foods that we love, right? All of those things, we restrict and omit them for just long enough. And then we really can't stick with that long term. So I think that's truly just what's happening here is that you get to a point where you get comfortable. Some of those old habits start picking back up. You get back, you know, picking up some of those old things, those habits and patterns you used to do. And you really can't restrict and omit your way to a result um, consistently, especially if you have the underlying issue, which is insulin resistance, which is why, you know, the low carb approach works so well in the short term, because you're removing the stimulation of the very thing that causes the blood sugar to, to, to fluctuate, which is insulin. We really want to address that underlying insulin issue. Yeah. Physiologically, it's working really, really well. Um, even without very strict, deliberate calorie restriction, because if, if you, reduce the carbohydrates enough, keep the sugars low enough, the HbA1c falls, um, those things can happen naturally even without being in a, in a, in a very um, strict caloric deficit um, or without, without using much as far as uh, meal timing goes um, as well. Um, so that, that part's interesting, but like you said, very difficult to maintain. But um, what, what I did like about this study was that they were looking for ways to maintain those results too. So we know the, the low and very low carbohydrate, um, protocols were, were decreasing in in how effective they were over time. But, um, what they did find was that some of the other diets, um, Mediterranean diet being, being the, uh, the most commonly cited one gave a, a, a level of, of balance and sustainability that they found to be really, really, um, a, a lot easier to maintain and to adhere to, um, and still give a lot of really, really good therapeutic benefits as well. Right. Yeah. Hey, y'all I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code, uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, Uh, My little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. 
And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. It was, you know, uh, one of the studies that was linked to one of the ones that was studied in this meta-analysis that's a mouthful, um, looked at, you know, HbA1c of, you know, decrease of, of you know, 30%, uh, BMI down 0.29, I'm sorry, 0.3%, BMI down 0.3, cholesterol lowered, uh, triglycerides lowered, the good cholesterol, I don't like that terminology either, but the HDL cholesterol, all cholesterol is good, but the HDL one that has that label of being good for you went up 2.6 milligrams. So, the Mediterranean diet, really, simply put, is um, <laughs> is is whole foods. Like, and that's something we talk about. One of the biggest questions that we get from people are, "What do I eat? What do I eat? What do I eat?" And we want to just say, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter." Like, just <laughs> like I, I know it does. You can you can really undo uh, one meal a day successes by eating, you know, uh, half Wrong a gallon food, of Ben yeah. and Jerry's and mm-hmm. a pizza every night, right? But if you're working with a plate. And you fill that plate with whole foods and you limit the complex carbs and the processed packaged stuff. And you have vegetables or fruits or, you know, cruciferous veggies, right? And then you have some type of lean protein. I know that's not exactly the Mediterranean diet. The Mediterranean diet is low, you know, moderate, low to moderate fish and chicken, uh, low red meat, um, moderate red wine with meals, olive oils, cheeses, yogurts, and then whole grains, right? Right. So real food. Uh, But if you follow that guideline of just kind of splitting your plate up into half the plate being all the green veggie fruit stuff, the healthy real stuff that comes out of the ground, and then you have some source of lean protein, and then your quarter of the plate, if at all, is that 20 to 40% carbohydrate, which is a sprouted grain a non-refined processed white pasta, white bread, whatever it is, you're really going to be hitting the mark uh, for the long-term. You're not going to be restricting yourself out of long-term results either. 
Right. And that, you know, that that's the kind of balance that, that we're, we're really aiming for and that we advocate for. Um, and that's why sometimes it's tough when somebody says, well, you know, what, what should I eat? And it's, it's, it's kind of a, that general recommendation is, is good for, for a, a lifetime of, of healthy, right. sustainable habits, you know, at the same time, there's a, there's a therapeutic time and place for, for other, uh, other diets and more restrictive, you know, in the carbohydrates and, and more specific things as well. Um, because th those can help get the results that you need faster and, and right. actually reach that, that maintenance point. Right. Now, very low carb, low carb, absolutely a recommendation for people trying to reverse, you know, insulin resistance, diabetes type two, those types of situations, weight loss, resistance, hormone imbalances. Like, yeah, you want to, you want to be limiting the carbohydrates. Um, there's tons of research that backs that up. Um, you know, so we're really talking about that group of people that has the weight loss resistance, that's tried to lose the weight, that's lost it, but it's come back, right? Like that's really where we want to take it to another level with, yes, you can get there many different ways, but we haven't even talked about meal timing or time restricted eating as it's now being seen a lot more in, in the uh, studies that are being done. Um, and I follow a lot of like the low carb docs on Twitter and on social media and, um, you know, there's a lot of great providers out there doing some amazing stuff with the low carb diet. And, um, you know, so when we're looking at like the overall recommendation is let's take it to another level. So you have the flexibility and the control of making your plate, you know, look like something that you'd be able to sustain long-term, right. That works for you. But then if you add in time restricted eating or fasting, yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're taking away the underlying major issue, which is the stimulation of insulin, which is the thing that causes your body to store fat and not burn it. So like, that's why fasting is such a, uh, a tool and such a success for so many people, because it, it limits the screw ups and the omission and the restriction and the yo-yo, right. Of, of all the other failures and trials and errors that you've had. Like it just takes the the outcome and the win. It gets you there quicker and it also gives you the control to sustain it. Yeah, you know, because if you're if you're looking at even a, a very low carbohydrate diet, like it, it's very difficult to get insulin levels to zero. Uh, it's almost impossible if you're if you're still just eating on a on a regular consistent basis. Right. Three meals two, a day, three, type four, thing. Yeah, yeah, two, three, four different feeding times each day there's not enough time for that insulin to go down to, to zero or near zero levels, but you, you put in something that's, that's sustainable, healthy, supportive of, of long-term health, like a Mediterranean diet and put that together with proper meal timing and putting enough space between those meals, um, you know, going to a one meal a day or, you know, restricting the, the time each day that you're eating. Now you have a, a powerful therapeutic tool where, where those, those insulin levels are, are allowed to go to, to zero or near zero for an extended period of time, allow the body to heal while that's happening. And then you're, you're bringing in, um, you know, sustainable food, um, on a, on a regular basis. And who doesn't like flexibility? I know we're in this period where like, we're doing these challenges, we're getting these crazy results. Our coaching clients are, are seeing amazing changes, right? Like, um, yeah. It's like, okay, we want to tell you what to eat, but then we also want you to figure out what to eat because you, um, you should have that ability and that control to be able to make that decision and make it fit for you. Like it's really hard for, 
you know, doing thousands of consults over the years of like telling people that they all need to eat this one thing, or this is the way you need to live, or this is the way you need to do it. You just really need to have that flexibility and that ability to make that decision because then once you decide to do it, then you're going to own it. So the low carb, yes, absolutely works. Um, fasting, yes, decreases the, the time under, under the insulin curve, allows your body to burn that fat. Um, so really the encouraging thing or, or to land the plane here, Tommy, and kind of with give, give people like one action step um, to kind of take away from the conversation today. Um, I, I have one in mind, but I'm curious to know what you're thinking. You know, what, what I'm thinking is I, I just, I, I put myself back a few years ago before using any fasting. And I, I, like I had heard the wisdom of the Mediterranean diet. I knew what it could do. I knew it was, it was sustainable and it, it helped support things like, you know, regaining that insulin sensitivity, weight loss, etc. Very low carbohydrate diet it was, was really restrictive. It, it, it was tough for me to maintain yeah. um, the and, under the 20, so, 20 to 25% mark. Yeah. I, because, you know, if I was going to do it, I, I was going to do it, um, you know, kind of uh, pedal to the metal, you know, yeah. so, but it was hard to maintain for me. So, but the problem was with, with 30 to 40 pounds to lose at the time, um, it, it was hard to see myself doing like the Mediterranean diet, which is, which is really well balanced and it's, it's good for a lifetime. Um, but it wasn't giving me quick enough results, you know, because frankly, my insulin resistance was too high. Right. I was eating too often. Um, so I would encourage you if, if you've thought about something like the Mediterranean diet before, think about it again in a new light, um, where one that you combine time, time controlled eating, time restricted eating, um, so that you can allow those insulin levels to go down and know that you're you're on a path that's that's lifetime habits uh, with something like the Mediterranean diet, and you don't have to have the zero carbohydrate diet in order to get the results that you're looking for. Yeah, you can really insert any diet into that Mediterranean low carb, whatever it is that works for you. Um, do it, but the starting point would be start limiting your feeding window, and that's going to give you the win quicker. The food is always going to be there. You can play with it. You can alter it. You can tweak it. You can figure out what works for you. What do you feel best at? Do you feel better doing a longer fast one time a week, once a month? Are you better with one meal a day? Do you like the, you know, small little snacky thing, you know, at the 20 hour mark? And then you like to eat a small dinner a little bit later when you get home from work. Mm -hmm. Like you've really got a lot of, you know, a lot of variability there. So if you haven't started um, fasting, then the best thing to do would be go to the website, thefastingforlife.com, download the fast start guide, six steps comes with a little, uh, 20 minute, uh, mini masterclass video series shows you how to put fasting into your day-to-day -day life answers a lot of the starting questions. Um, don't forget about our challenge coming up December 3rd to December 12th. Uh, that is also going to be on the website. You're going to see a countdown timer. Uh, feel free to get, uh, early registered for that. Um, uh, and I think the only other thing would be um, stop stressing <laughs> about being on a diet and being restricted and be omitted and, you know, really start with just timing your meals and get, do that for a couple of weeks. And you're going to be absolutely shocked with the results that you get. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, it's so funny because I'm seeing you like just sitting there like, yep, yep, 
Yep. Yep. You never know how these are, Absolutely. how yeah. these conversations, we're just like, yeah, that's exactly it. Like how simple could it be? Right. So appreciate guys for listening, Tommy. Thank you as always, sir. Uh, and we will talk soon. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.